Hello, welcome to Midweek Movie, the podcast where we examine the scriptures line by line, verse by verse, and ask ourselves, what does it mean? What is its purpose in our lives? Uh, today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm joined by a special guest, Doug Parker of Chester, Virginia. Uh, Doug, how are you doing today, sir? Hey, I'm doing great. How about you, Dallas? I am so good. Now, Doug, you serve at Destiny Church, uh, you and your uh, your bride, Marilyn. Um, yes. What do you do over there? So my wife, Marilyn, and I, we're pastors of discipleship there. So, you know, functionally, we function as the... Um, is the associate pastor for our, our senior pastor, Pastor uh, Jeff Hill. We have um, building maintenance as one of our uh, fortes. And then we also have um, the altar team, the um, prophetic team. We have a discipleship track that we're developing right now. So anything that falls under discipleship would be in our forte. And that's we're kind of in a revamp scenario right now. Okay. So really from uh, week to week, it's supporting pastor in the, in the uh, pulpit prophetic ministry, the prophetic training. Uh, we are, we recently we've been sanctioned by Christian international mm-hmm. as an authorized, uh, center to teach minister and spiritual gifts. They're Great. They're, uh, their course there that they've taught to 5,000 people around the world. So wow. pretty excited about that. That's awesome, man. So yeah. we're excited to have you on here. I know that you're, you're a graduate of friends, international Christian university, and you've had a lot of training in the word over the years. Yeah. And, uh, I'm really excited to have you on here because, A, I just like different people's voices and like yes. people's different perspectives. And uh, we are diving into Colossians. And um, just kind of a recap for those who've been listening, yeah. over the last four weeks, we've been uh, we've been walking through Colossians. We started off with our intro. We talked about the, mm-hmm. the background, how uh, the church that Paul's writing to uh, was facing a lot of heresy issues. It was some weird amalgam of like... Uh, pharisaical Judaism, some Gnosticism, and some local paganism. And then he jumps into chapter one of um, Christ's supremacy, which, uh, and it's how it's displayed within uh, creation, the church, salvation itself. Yes. And then chapter two was Christ's supremacy and sufficiency de- um, defended against uh, the false philosophies that brought up to him. The legals- legalism was brought to these people. Um, angelic worship, which... Yes. <laughs> and then uh, the the need for self harm in order to, yeah. to purify yourselves, and then in chapter three, which we talked about last week, Christ's supremacy and how it affects our relationship with Him, uh, the local church, and our day to day lives, and specifically our relationship uh, with each other and to others, uh, as compared to non Christians. And then we talk about uh, yes. relationship with our with our spouses, yes. our children. And then Paul addresses a very specific uh, instance, uh, which is interesting, which is uh, slaves and their masters, uh, which is interesting because, as we talked about last week, um, <laughs> present in the room is a is a man named Philemon, which he happens to have a letter just for about dealing with his how to receive another man we're going to talk about today. Okay. So uh, it's been a journey, and now we're jumping into chapter four. Yes. Um Verse one starts off, talks, uh, is actually the continuation of that previous conversation uh, about dealing with uh, masters and slaves. Verse one, uh, masters treat your bond servants justly and fairly knowing that you also have a master in heaven. And again, I, sometimes things get lost because we have these man-made structures of chapters and verses. Yes. And uh, I'm not really sure why we se- why that was separated. I feel like it's right. like, this is, makes sense to be. It's, it's one thought. <laughs> yeah, the end of chapter three and beginning of chapter four was seamless. Exactly. Been right. Exactly. And so, uh, but that's what took place. And, and again, we talked about that, how really God's calling, all right, look, everyone's on equal footing. There's no more division. You know, you need yeah. to set these people as brothers and sisters in Christ. 
And now he's going on to some final instructions and some final greetings. And this is where I really want to start getting into some uh, meat of the conversation with you because uh, just conversation with you, uh, with Pastor Scott, and some of the things I see that I know you function a lot in uh, the prophetic and in prayer. And Paul gives some very interesting instructions about prayer. Starting in verse 2, it says, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. And, and my question to you is, what does it mean to be to continue steadfastly in prayer? Well, steadfast, in, in, in my understanding, in my prayer life, it means not to stop regardless of external situations. Mm -hmm. And it's just so cool to me because Paul's whole uh, focus is external. Mm -hmm. you remember, we lose context sometimes when I read this, that he's in jail. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's in jail, and he's telling us to be steadfast in our prayer and be thankful. Right. What are you thankful about in jail? <laughs> and, but from his perspective, he was thankful that he could continue the message of the gospel, regardless of the external situations. Internally, he brought him a great amount of joy to right. continue the message of Christ. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, but what does it mean to be watchful in it with Thanksgiving? Like, how does that, what's the practical application of that in, in a person's life? If you got somebody's coming to you, they're like, hey, Pastor Doug, I, I, I want to be in this, but what does it look, look like for me to be watchful in it with Thanksgiving? Well, to be watchful is to be alert. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I, I like to talk about uh, discernment a lot. Okay. Have discernment. Understand the times. Understand the scenarios. Uh, how do I modify my prayer to be consistent with the situations? You know, not coming in with my own agenda. Being thankful is one thing and praying <laughs> is another. But to be pertinent in your prayer, uh, right. to be watchful. What are the circumstances? What is surrounding me? What is the prayer need? Right. You know, so watchfulness to me is determining the prayer need through discernment and, and, and taking that course. Right. So good. So good. Um, you know, when I read this, I, I think back also, this has been a, a running conversation uh, here at the Healing Place, mm -hmm. which is uh, the book of Acts. And it says, and they continued, uh, yes. the early church, and specifically says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, and the breaking of bread, and in prayers. This is yes. a, being steadfast in prayer is a cornerstone of the Christian church. Right. And um, specifically, um, with prayer, I, I think about this quote. It's a great quote. At least I think it is. You may think it's not. But <laughs> <laughs> prayer should be to the Christian as breathing is to man. It should be natural and essential. And um, it's one of those things that Paul's reached out to. He's like, look, you need to be in this regularly. Yes. This church is fractured. They're falling apart uh, because of false doctrine coming in. You have oppression coming in from the earth, from the Romans. Uh, you have people who are looking at this new, uh, this new, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, sect of Judaism, if you okay. will, uh, going, I don't really care for what you guys are doing. And he's like, look, you guys need to be prayerful because there's a lot of things that are taking place right now. And honestly, today, Doug, I see people having this problem. Like, I, I really feel like the church today would be functioning a lot smoother yeah. <laughs> if we were steadfast in prayer, being watchful, looking for opportunities to pray right. and whatnot. And so... Um, man, I could spend a lot of time talking about this today. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that too because when we're talking about steadfast in prayer, you know, Andre Vanzil had me write a short blurb uh, a couple of weeks ago on um, the spirit of prayer. Okay. And I'm just talking about prayer, and Doug, I'm talking about the spirit of prayer. Okay. And, you know, in, in meditating on that scenario uh, with steadfastness, 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 <laughs> I, I realized something that we often fall, fall into as Christians. We be Come very regimented in our prayer. It's time to get up at six o'clock. I'm gonna make myself a cup of coffee and I'm gonna pray and have devotion. Now right. go about my day. But with steadfastness and the spirit of prayer, when you 
lend yourself to God to where if you're driving down 3132, he can drop something in your spirit and you go into an area of praise and worship and discernment about what he's talking about. Word. You know, we've all, a lot of times we, we shut it off. We get up from a devotion and shut it off. But yeah. steadfast prayer is making yourself available to God mm. all day at any time. Exactly. You know, cause I always says that, um, you know, uh, pray the presence of God. It, it changes us. It does. Mm -hmm. But our, I'm sorry, our access to God changes us, mm. but his access to us is what changes the world. Okay. So steadfastness, steadfastness also to me is God's access to us at any time oh, that's good. in and out of season. Totally. And, and we often find myself including get busy. <laughs> I, I hit my devotion time. All right. I'll catch you again tomorrow at six o'clock. But what, when, but he doesn't want to talk at six o'clock a lot of times. He right. wants to talk when you're walking into cash a check or you're walking and your, your wife just called you about a need at home you know, the basement's flooded. Now he wants to have a conversation. You're like, now's not a good time. <laughs> you know, but steadfastness lends yourself to the presence of God all the time. Make yourself available to God. Word. So yeah. good. So good. So he's, He's, he's asked the church, hey, you guys need to be in prayer, so fast this. But then he's yeah. given them some specific prayers, which is really interesting to me. Because yeah. verse 3 says, at the same time, uh, pray for us that God may open the door for the word and uh, to declare the mysteries of Christ. And it's interesting to me because he's in prison. We've talked about this already. Yeah. His prayer's not, hey, pray that God gets me out of here, which I feel like a lot of people, like well, they're in, in a terrible situation, like, hey, pray for right. God to free me. But he's saying, hey, pray that God gives me opportunities to do the very thing that put me here in the first place. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's a good way. Like, wow. I mean, it's like, he's like, Hey, I, I know I'm here because I've been preaching the word. I want to do it more. I want yes. more opportunities to, to, and I like what he says in verse four to make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. He's asking for God to make it clear to him on how to speak and when to speak. And then there's a real, yeah. um, interesting attitude. What is the, this vocabulary? What does this tell us about, Paul's mentality about his situation. Yeah, this is, this is so good because he's looking for an opportunity to keep himself in a situation that he's in. Right. You know, I, when I look at trying to emulate what Paul does, you know, I, I still work a secular job okay. in, in business community. And because of um, our current climate, you have to find opportunities to minister the gospel. We're not just going to be, put ourselves in an evangelistic field at all times. Right. That's constantly my prayer. Lord, you create the, create the opportunity for me to share the gospel in a way to where I don't compromise. Um, I don't compromise anything in the, in the business world, mm. but at the same time, I don't bring a bad testimony on you about being, um, obtrusive or not gentle in my approach to the gospel. Right. So that is also have, has been in my mind, you know, last couple, several years, Lord, create an opportunity for me to preach your gospel to speak your gospel, to speak a delivering word. And when I seek your opportunity, it's always fruitful. Right. It's always fruitful because Absolutely. there's, there's a, a thing that I call unfruitful witness. You know, if God is not witness, <laughs> and it sounds so simple because people say, you know, you witness all the time. No, you, you kind of witness with the relationship with the Holy Spirit when he's created the opportunity right. to show you where the fertile ground is. Totally. Yeah. Otherwise, you, you can bring discredit upon a kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> I love how you right. say that because it's really what he says kind of, um, he warns him of something similar in verse 5. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best uh, use of the time. Yeah. Verse 6. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, yes. so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. That's really addressing exactly yes. what you said. Um, because to be honest, uh, how do I put this nicely? There are some people who have a lot of zeal. 
Yes. And when they present Christ, they do it in a way that does more harm to the gospel than good. That's exactly right. And he said, he's saying, hey, look, you need to walk this out. So I wanted to spend a little bit of time on here, um, kind of break this out. What does it mean to be gracious, seasoned with salt? Like, how do you, how do you, because you're in the, you're in the, you're in the um, um, secular world with a, a job. How do you do that? How do you walk this out on a day-to-day basis? You have this yeah. calling of God. You you operate in uh, a lot of things that uh, some people were like, "Wow, that's that's amazing." Yeah. How do you walk this out and not just be you constantly like, "Thus says Lord, yeah, turn or burn." Right. I mean, how do you do this? Exactly. Well, uh, you know, interesting thing is I have a testimony about a situation like this. Um, when I worked at a, at a different company several years ago, uh, about twenty years ago, as a matter of fact met this young lady who uh, was outside of the door. She knew the Lord at one time, but she found herself in a lot of situations that were compromising. She wasn't walking in the word and she knew that she wasn't walking in the word. Mm-hmm. But every time she, she saw me at work, we'd have a conversation. I just ministered the grace to her. You know, I said, God's best for you is coming. You know, God has a plan for you someday that, that you will be in a situation to overcome these circumstances, constantly just speaking the word to her in a, in an area of grace. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I had an opportunity. I did a Bible study, and because of all the seeds I had sown over a two-year period, mm. she came to the Bible study and got saved. So good. gave her life to Christ, and then I married her. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. That's good. So if you want to get a wife, gentlemen, uh, yes. preach the gospel nicely. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. But you know, there there is to that. Like there's the a lot of people we have we see the the stories in the scriptures of preaching and seeing 3000 people saved that day and yeah. we have these great testimonies these are things that take place where we're preaching the gospel and people are getting saved but there is the the long game if you will mm-hmm. there is the i'm investing time in your life i'm investing yes. um my um I'm, I'm investing the holy spirit into you right and i mean really that's even within the vocabulary we have here of walking wisdom uh, to outsiders making the best use of your time the greek of it really is a a uh, a conversation of investing your time into these places into these people yes. making wise investment with what you have um celeste and i we have a story of uh years ago we were at a local convention for for geeks and nerds and um there's a church with the best intentions that showed up and uh basically protesting the convention and yelling and screaming you're all going to hell and da 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 and um so people were yelling back we know it was terrible (laughs) and uh so they looked at us my wife and i were just sitting there we're we're, at the time we were dating uh, no, we were engaged at the time, and they knew we were Christians. They uh-huh. knew I was on staff here at the church, and they're like, well, are you going to yell at us? And I was like, well, would it help? Would it help if I yelled at you? <laughs> okay, no. Wow. But I had developed relationships with these people, and yeah. we were just doing life. We talked to each other, and uh, there was a, a gentleman that uh, we met at that first con, and we saw him every year afterwards. Great guy. He always came dressed as Indiana Jones. Uh, wow. <laughs> legitimately an archaeologist. He wanted to be a real-life really? uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah. And uh, this past year, my wife and I, we actually have a booth at that same con now. Right. And he comes up to us and he's like, hey, just want you guys to know, um, a couple months ago, I gave my life to the Lord. Really? He uh, he kind of was like one of those, well, I like to own Christers, shows up at church on, Christ, on Christmas and Easter, yes. and, but never had a relationship with him. And, but because of the long time of us investing, speaking life yes. into him, encouraging him, not making it weird. Uh, I mean, we're wow. doing life, we're talking about geek culture, but we're also speaking about who God is. Yeah. He's like, I became convinced of the gospel right. because of the time and investment that takes place. Wow. And I really feel like that that's what Paul's telling them. He's like, look, first off, contextually, there's a lot of stuff taking place. It's unsafe for these Christians. Yes. But he's saying, look, invest time in the community. What did God tell the people of Israel when they were put in the bondage? 
plant, right? Grow a family, yes. invest time, watch me work over time. And he's telling them in this time yeah. frame, invest time to those people around you because I'm yes. going to do a miracle or God's going to do a miracle. Paul's not, he's, he's in prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. All right. So, uh, verse seven and eight is kind of where I want to land on, uh, for the rest of this podcast. And that is, um, he's given some final greetings to some individuals and it's, uh, uh, verse seven, uh, Tychius, I can never say that name correctly. I don't know if yeah, you can, uh, <laughs> will tell you all about my activities. He is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant of the Lord. Uh, let him, I have sent him uh, to you for this purpose that you may know uh, how we are, uh, that we may encourage your hearts and with them, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother who is with you uh, or who is one of you. They will tell you of everything that takes place here. And this is interesting. Paul begins, uh, as he was writing this down, he, he introduces Tychius. Ty, um, Ty, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like that he's now Asian. Uh, <laughs> was probably the main envoy of the of this letter. He's also, yeah. at the same time, carrying a letter to Philemon. Right. Uh, Philemon's probably in the room. And Philemon probably saw Onesimus right there going, that's the dude that ran away. That, <laughs> You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of emotions in the room. Right. But what's interesting to me here is that he gives no mention to Onesimus's past, but only that he is a faithful and beloved brother. Yes. Paul is intentionally making the point not to bring up the fact that Onesimus was a runaway uh, slave, but rather similar to the prodigal son, that this is a beloved son whom has now returned. Yes. As he went away and... He found Christ, he was redeemed, and he went through some discipleship with Paul, we presume. And now this is not just a person who's ran away, but this is now a son in the family of God yes. with Philemon. Yes. And we know, again, Philemon is, you know, he's, uh, Paul tells us, like, you need to treat this man differently. You need to treat him with respect, honor, treat him as a brother. What can we learn from these two verses, or these three verses, really, about how to deal with the reconciliation of individuals? Yeah. Uh, and and the reason I'm so drawn to this this passage right here is because Paul continued to use the word brother. Mm-hmm. Now we understand that you know in in today's society, uh, in church speaking, Pastor Scott and I were talking about this a little bit yesterday. You know, in this culture of honor, you know, in today's society, we wouldn't be Paul wouldn't be calling these brothers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's really mentoring. He he's he is the. Um, the closest thing that they know in the flesh to God mm-hmm. based on what he's done in his life, you know, so Paul is really in a mentor relationship, but he calls them brothers, right? He's come down to their level saying, Hey, I'm approachable, right? You know, based on the fact that, you know, we're restoring you, but look, I'm, I'm your brother, right? You know, so there's a comfort level right there. And I believe that leadership and, and as, especially when I talk to like pastor Scott and I understand the realness of a leader and mm-hmm. coming down to the level of the people that you're leading, it, it takes all distraction and feelings of inadequacy away. Yeah. Because if you, if, if Paul really uh, presented himself at that point as the apostle Paul, mm-hmm. it could draw a, a wedge between somebody that's trying to be restored or, or somebody that's trying to be mentored. But due to the fact that he's made himself so real, so hum- humble, we're peers in this gospel scenario. We're peers in our pursuit of Christ. I believe it removes all obstacles and brings a comfort level for somebody to be able to be restored. Word. Yeah. So how do you walk that out practically with individuals? So let's say that you have somebody that um, is new to your church and mm-hmm. you know you know their past. You know what they've done and they've come yeah. to the altar and you see them at Destiny and they have 
they have accepted Christ. How do you, knowing their past, knowing what they've gone, mm-hmm. how do you approach them? How do you bring, because they've looked at you as, this is Pastor yeah. Doug. Right. Now you're Pastor Doug who's going to be discipling and walking through stuff. How do you walk somebody through that reconciliation and restoration process? Yeah. Spend most of my time showing them who they are in Christ. Okay. You know, uh, not the things that you've done. Let me speak to your potential. You know, we all, as we're, as we're walking through, uh, we're carrying our own crosses. Mm. We're learning day by day. Continue to walk in humility and, and speak words of encouragement all the time. And, I, and, and you know, you prophesy what I prophesy, speaking, you know, uh, words of edification, exhortation, and comfort. Always speaking to the future, okay. what you see them doing in the future. Uh, the, the restoration process is, is relational, mm. you know, uh, and we talk about even in, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 when it talks about having all those gifts, but if you're not walking in love, you're not doing anything. Right. So it's, it's the love walk. It really is a love walk. When you're discipling someone, bringing them out of a lifestyle, you know, regardless of what they've come from, they all need love, acceptance. Word. You know, that that's always my course. So good, so mm-hmm. good. Well, guys, again, the, the rest of the chapter is him really kind of saying goodbye and and identifying different individuals. Uh, interesting enough, he mentions Luke, which again is more proof that Luke was actually with Paul yes. during that ending of Acts. Um, but I want to leave it to here uh, because I feel like there's a lot that we've eaten on. Are there any final encouragement or thoughts that you've had from this chapter that you like to give to our community? Yep. Once again, um, I would like to talk about Paul's focus on the promises of God as opposed to the focus on his external situation. Word. Because the word never changes, yeah. but our circumstances do. Absolutely. You know, once I got to the point where I stopped focusing on my external situation so much and focusing on the promises of God in the gospel message, the goodness, you know, the soteria, all those good things that come with the gospel— their relationship with Christ, I often saw myself in a situation where my external circumstances changed without me even giving uh, attention to them. Yeah. So, you know, we, the biggest obstacle to walking into this anointing that Paul did is just looking at everything around us that's going wrong, right. where we've missed the mark, where we felt like we didn't hit a promise, where God is moving too slow. But when you're focusing on the main thing, which is the message of Christ, those circumstances will always change. Absolutely. So good. So good. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Doug, how can people uh, get a hold of you? What are some things you would like people to check out with the Destiny Church, maybe? Yeah. Well, uh, my email address is Doug at DestinyChurchChester.com. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that's my email. Uh, we do have a website uh, uh, that's uh, Destiny Church. Uh, Chester's our website as well. Uh, can be reached there. But um, it's really a, a relational scenario that I've, I've come into contact with the healing place. And I'm just been, I've been blown away this weekend so far with everything I'm saying. Can't wait for the rest <laughs> of it. But if anybody wants to get in contact with me, email me right there. Awesome. That, that would be the best way. So good. We're going to have those in the show notes for you guys to check out. Uh, hey, thank you guys, everybody, for taking time to listen to this podcast and, and being part of our community. If you have questions or maybe you have some, like a praise report, maybe this has brought some freedom to you. Yes. Reach out to us, mediahub at thbsreport.com. We do check that email. In fact, we had some really, uh, we had a really intense questions uh, recently uh, mm-hmm. coming from our chapter two uh, discussion of Colossians. So it was really a, a fascinating conversation. Uh, that's what we're here for. We're not here just to put information out here. We're here to walk with you guys, help you to work out your salvation in fear of trembling. So until next time, have a great week. Goodbye.